Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Faith Lutheran Church. My name is Candace Wassell. I'm the pastor here at Faith. It is such a joy to have you visit with us. You are welcome, so welcome in every part of Faith's community. You are welcome to join us in person at worship on Sundays. You're welcome to visit us online. You're welcome in our mission and our fellowship, and most important, you are welcome at the Lord's table. These are the readings for Sunday, April 4th, Easter. The first reading comes from Acts chapter 10, verses 34 to 43, beginning at the 34th verse. Peter began to speak to the people. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses, and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 11, beginning at the first verse. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaimed to you, which you in turn received, in which also you stand through, which also you are being saved. If you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as of first importance that I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He is, was buried, and He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas, then to the Twelve. Then He appeared to more than five hundred brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace towards me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. The Holy Gospel comes from the book of Mark, chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene 
and Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they may go and anoint Jesus' body. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man, dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Well, grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A few days ago, I was lamenting on Facebook that it is Holy Week already, and I was concerned that I had not eaten enough Reese's peanut butter cups to make it count as a legitimate Easter season. Or I should say the peanut butter eggs, because the proportion on the peanut butter eggs is really what is important. Anyway, it's a pretty serious problem to have. And uh, so, but a friend of mine, as I was getting ready to just gorge myself that day on them, a friend of mine reminded me that the season of Easter actually starts today, and there are 50 days. So, I stocked up. Me and those peanut butter eggs will be together soon. 50 days, 50 days. After 40 days of Lenten fasting, of darkness, of repentance, of reflection, we begin this morning, the great 50 days of Easter rejoicing. 50 days of hallelujahs, 50 days of bright music and worship, 50 days of springtime hope. Easter is the crown of our Christian faith. It is everything that we hold dear. It is this news that Jesus, who bore our sins on the cross, has been raised and is our living hope. As Paul says in Romans, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will be united with him in a resurrection like his. We have eternal life. It is good, good, good news. But we don't hear any of that joy in our Easter gospel today at all. Did you notice that? In Mark's gospel, it focuses on these women And it doesn't mention anything about seeing the risen Lord. No, after all of our Lenten waiting to hear that Christ is risen, we read instead that they went and fled the tomb for terror had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. They said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. That is not exactly the Easter story we have in our heads, is it? There's no hallelujahs, no flowers, no eggs, no joy, no baskets, no bunnies, just three terrified women silent about what they have heard. They just could not shift gears that morning. They show up to the tomb overcome with grief, 
to say a final goodbye to Jesus, and not only this final goodbye to Jesus, but goodbye to this dream they had of living with him as their king. But hearing that he has risen doesn't change them from that sadness at all. In fact, the only transformation that happens is from grief to fear, which if you've ever experienced those, they're not really all that different. It's not a great leap to go from grieving to being afraid. They were a mess of tears and heartache when they got there. They were a mess of tears and heartache when they left. This Easter reading is a little deflating. I considered changing it so that it was more exciting because I really wanted a happier Easter. Far be it for me to mess with the Bible. But it's really not all that surprising, is it? When you left the house this morning, when you got up and got ready for church and you left the house this morning, were you dealing with heartache-worthy things? Maybe you left the house and on your mind was your loved one on hospice. Maybe you left the house and on your mind was that ex-spouse you're fighting with. Or maybe when you left the house, your body was still aching from chronic illness. Or maybe you were thinking about that work call you're going to have to answer eventually. Or maybe you were worrying about your child's addiction issues. And now that you've come here to church and you've seen the flowers and the lights and the hallelujahs and you've heard that Christ is risen, but your loved one is still on hospice and you're still fighting with your ex and your body still aches. Work is still waiting for you. And you're still worried about your kids. The good news we hear this morning, as amazing as it is, doesn't produce immediate results, does it? Our lives aren't instantly fixed and transformed by the resurrection. And that can be disappointing. It can make us doubt the usefulness of this faith, especially if we have grown up in a tradition or we have seen or we've heard people saying things like, Jesus is someone who can fix the brokenness in your life if you just pray hard enough, if you just pray that into being, or if you work hard enough at your faith, you believe strongly enough, or you serve enough. And that's exactly what happened to a guy named Steve Gleason. This is a guy who kind of had it all. Steve Gleason was this good-looking, athletic guy, signed on to play football as a safety for the New Orleans Saints. And then he has one of the most dramatic plays in football history when he blocks a punt against the Atlanta Falcons in the first game back in the Saints Superdome after Hurricane Katrina in 2006. It's just this huge thing. Go Google it when you get home. And to top that all off, he was newly married and his wife was expecting a baby and then bang. He gets a diagnosis of ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. To make matters worse in the midst of this terrible news, his father's pastor tells this man of faith, Steve, brother, if you just pray and believe, you're going to be cured of this illness. You've got to watch his documentary. It's quite a sight to see. The pastor puts him up on front of the congregation and tells him to believe and then run. And he falls. Of course, it never happened. Now, he was a profound man of faith up until that moment. 
But I can only imagine how tough it was to follow Jesus after you've been told he'll change your life if you just pray and believe. And then he doesn't. It's tough for anyone to follow Jesus, only to find out that God was able to raise him from the dead, but there is no such quick fix for us. For these women who come to the tomb, it's tough enough to deal with Jesus' death, but imagine hearing that God has raised someone from the dead only to look around their lives and see, oh my gosh, everything is the exact same still. How is this any different? How can God have the power to raise, but not the power to end my suffering? That these women leave in fear underscores the disappointment we can sometimes feel with a God who can give us eternal life but can't give us the life we want right now. That is the struggle of faith. We can pretty it up on Easter with flowers and music, but when we leave this place, we still have another Monday morning waiting for us with all its problems. So what is resurrection all about? What is the good news of this day? What is the use of following a risen Lord? Well, Steve Gleason did quit praying for a time that day. Couldn't pray ALS away, so he quit trying. Instead, he and his wife decided, let's focus all our energy on documenting this journey toward immobility so that our son who's going to be born can hear my voice and can see me in my somewhat prime still. And so he spends months and months documenting this journey. And along the way, they start meeting people with ALS who didn't have all the resources that this family had to make life enjoyable for themselves and easier for their caregivers. And it became clear that because of this epic block that he did against the Falcons or in the timing of it, that he still had this really powerful voice. And people were really interested to hear what he had to say. And he had a lot of influence still. So in that moment, they started Team Gleason, and Steve started traveling all over in this electric chair and his now computerized voice, and he raised millions and millions and millions of dollars to fund adventure and technology and equipment services to over 15,000 people living with ALS. And you know what? I was on his Twitter page this, this week, and he was posting about how it was his Christian faith transformed, that led him to do all this work. Brothers and sisters, that is resurrection. When God raised Jesus that morning, it was not a promise, that human pain, that the grief that we bear this morning would be fixed and our lives instantly transformed away from suffering. It was God's demonstration that there is a power greater than death in this cosmos. It wasn't a promise that we wouldn't suffer. It was a promise that God would bring life in the midst of that suffering. Things are not always as we hope. Even our best laid plans get derailed by events outside our control. God knows. But for those who follow Jesus, the death of things hoped for and planned for does not have the final say. For those who follow Jesus, we see the resurrection as God's unquestioning assertion that Jesus is not finished His work in and through us is not finished. Not even death. Not the death of a dream, the death of a plan, the death of a relationship can stop that life and purpose he has set aside for us. 
Resurrection is the hope that God can pick up all the broken pieces of our lives and make something holy out of them. And we're not always ready to hear that. These women weren't ready to hear that on this day. They weren't ready to hear that the Holy Spirit was calling them to pick up these shattered pieces of their hopes and continually following Jesus because he had something planned for them in Galilee. Go there, I'll meet you there. Nope, they go the other direction. But I got to believe that just as death could not outrun our Lord, these women could not outrun him. I have to believe he caught up with them, that he offered them a little bit of wine and bread, a little bit of forgiveness for doubting and set them on a new path. And I have to believe that if he can catch them, he can catch us. And he can catch you. And he can put you on a path that will make use of the experience of death and grief and bring resurrection in the midst of your life. I got to believe he can put you on a path that will make good on the news that Jesus' work is not finished. It is not finished indeed. Hallelujah. The most valuable message we have to share at Faith is the promise we have in Jesus. We come together every Sunday to share this good news in the reading of Scripture and sharing of Holy Communion. It is these two acts of worship that we learn of the forgiveness, peace, and joy that Jesus has won for us on the cross. These gifts also belong to you, and we hope you will feel welcome to receive them. After we've shared worship together, we trust that we are ready to be sent out into the world to serve our neighbor, and you're welcome to join us in that great work as well. There are so many opportunities at faith to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. It's what we feel called to do. It's what we're passionate about. Above all, I want to encourage you in your faith. No matter where you're at in your journey with Christ, you are welcome to visit faith as often as you are able. But whatever you do, keep searching. There is a church family set aside just for you. And I trust the Holy Spirit will place you right where you need to be.